Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody, Mike here. Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. And today we're going to talk a little bit of nostalgia here because one of the best things about the hobby is the nostalgia aspect of it. A lot of us buy cards that remind us of days gone by and memories that we have going to the ballpark, going to, you know, football games, basketball, whatever. We we have these memories that stick with us and cards help us connect to those memories. And today we're, I'm going to have a special conversation with someone that I share a lot of memories with, and I'm going to bring them on now. We're just going to start talking. And it is my twin brother, Matt Winahan. Hey Matt, welcome to the show. Hey guys. Thanks for having me on, brah. You're welcome, man. Hey. Uh, maybe people don't know that I have a twin brother, but you're my twin brother. I Tell everybody that I run into that I have one and that he's YouTube famous. I'm not anything famous. Um, well, you know, here's what I want to talk about today. We can do two things. I've got two ideas for what we're going to talk about. Number one, the 100 greatest things about your brother, Mike. Like, I just want you, you can start listing them and we'll get, you know, to number one, you know, uh, or we could do top 10 reasons why mom and dad like me more. Like we can... <laughs> Don't you think this is going to be a really short podcast then? <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I want to ask you first, your recollection of our childhood. I tell a lot of stories about when I was a kid. What is your recollection about sports cards and us growing up together? Well, you know, it's I am I find myself reliving those moments and in fact more your recollection of that entire time period of collecting is so incredibly um vivid that i struggle to have those same memories and so when you're sharing i'm like oh yeah yeah you know i remember going to the 7-eleven and you know getting the slurpee and then you know getting some baseball cards. I just remember getting the big thing of the big league chew or the, uh, the, the gum that was like candy and then it would like turn into gum. Um, so the fact that you recall those so well, I, I remember, you know, being sweaty after baseball practice or something like that and picking up cards and we're, you know, walking through a seven 11 with our cleats on um, dragging, you know, dirt through the store I remember those kinds of things, but the way you connect with the cards, um, because, you know, I, I collected alongside you. I didn't realize it's, it's making the way you talk about it now 
makes me realize the depth of the passion you had even back then. I mean, you know, we were 9, 10, 11, 12 years old when it really kind of started catching on with you. I mean, I'm thinking whenever whenever you talk about 1984 and, oh, I had a lot of that, you know, I, I just do the math. I mean, we were born in 1973. So, okay, we were 11 years old then. Um, so it's it's amazing to me that you had there was some level of maturity or at least a focus and passion for the cards that while I enjoyed it probably more passively than you did, um, I, I don't have the same depth of the memories. I, I remember them as you tell the stories on, on your channels. That's how um, I kind of start to relive them and, oh yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I remember, you know, we, we've joked as we've, as you and I have gotten older about how you, you, I, I collected Will Clark and, you know, and I'll, I'll say, you know, you stole my Will Clark collection or, or whatever. But the reality was, is, was I really that attached to it? It was just something that you had a greater passion for. And, you know, I go off to college, whatever, you know, you collect the cards. They weren't really, I don't, I think they were kind of always ours, but you sort of, they became yours by default because you cared for them. You took, you know, took pride in, in having them. And, and, um, I lugged them all over with me too. I, I, what? I lugged them with me wherever I went, you know, they kind of followed yeah. me through college and moves and all that. But I, I think it's important to give everybody a little bit of family history here so you can kind of know our story together. Matt and I said we were born in October 1973. Matt is actually five minutes older than me. It allowed me to cook a little bit longer, which is why I'm better looking and smarter. But um, then, you know, we grew up. You know, I almost, I almost wore a hat, but I thought I should actually show them that a Moynihan twin can actually preserve his head of hair. That's fair. That's fair. Show everybody. Everybody wants to know why I, I only wear a hat because I don't have any hair. Um, Look at that. So we grew up in the 80s. You know, that was our kind of childhood years, formative years were in the 80s. Uh, Matt and I played Little League together. We played, uh, and it was great because I always had somebody to practice with. And, and we were in that era when we played all sports. It was, Whatever was going on, that's what we played. And my, our poor mom took us all over creation to, to play sports, and whether it was basketball or bowling or tennis or whatever, right? We were always yeah. active. Well, I, and I think it's important, you know, during those formative years, you know, you were the, you were the athlete of the family. I was, you know, while we both may have been, you know, we both may have played on the same team. I was more of a, an observer and you were, you were the one playing. I I'd be the guy bench warming and they might throw me into right field. If you remember little league days, right field was the, the position of, of least risk for, <laughs> for the, for the less talented. They'd throw you out there. And so I'd get thrown out to right field. I, I couldn't hit. I, I couldn't, I certainly couldn't pitch. 
and and I, a lot of it i'm i'm tall i'm six foot five so i got the height of the family poor mike's only six what do you call yourself two, now? Six two we, now? i was taller than you for a long time and then you yeah. sprouted in high school um we were okay i would say okay little leaguers right um and i was a catcher i got put into catcher at 10 years old and loved it you became a pitcher and as you grew as your as your as you stretched your frame out and you got taller and taller you became a, a pretty amazing left-handed pitcher so i'm right-handed matt's left-handed so we're kind of mirror twins but we're also fraternal so two eggs two sperm right that we're two separate we're not the same dna so to speak from that standpoint and so matt's left-handed i'm right-handed but in high school is where we started to differentiate i i was a little bit ahead freshman and sophomore year but then you passed me junior and senior year in terms well of it was that it was that junior year when i finally stopped growing and i could actually figure out what the heck i was doing with my body and instead of just being this gangly uncoordinated i'm still fairly uncoordinated but i was at least able to kind of get my get some foundation that wasn't continuing continually changing all the time so yeah my junior year i kind of settled into my body and and found you know some ability to you know throw strikes and we were really we were a really good team um we surprised some people our junior year going deep into the playoffs our senior year we were a favorite in our area to go to state we were 24 and three i think or something uh and then lost in the first round of the playoffs you lost you had gone i want to say 11 and 0 something like that i was nine and oh and nine and oh okay in the regular nine, season one point whatever last you game was the loss that was nine and one. yeah you you got a home run hit off of you in the first inning by the opposing pitcher mm -hmm. in the bottom of the first and it put him on another level and he mowed us down the rest of our lineup it was not a not a good night and we i think we got one hit i think we had one hit and it was the second guy of the game maybe yeah. even the leadoff guy uh got a hit and so we lost in the playoffs you i went on to the air force academy uh for a very brief collegiate career you went to vanderbilt where you pitched for three years three plus years is that right three years and then you know i got hurt well, yeah, I hurt twice actually, but it was finally my senior year. I just realized, you know, it was the sport was starting to pass me by. I wasn't able to dedicate as much, and I realized I needed to find a career. So, um, I needed an I needed to get some internships and start actually working toward a career. So, I uh, retired at 21 <laughs> from baseball. Yeah, I I retired at 19 um, from baseball played softball and all that and but you and I once you went to Vanderbilt we don't live near each other anymore which is is hard you know when your twin brother your best friend the person you spend yeah. all your time with really uh is you're you're separated from each other now that's been that's been way longer now than it was that we were together right in terms of living together and, and being roommates in the same little bitty room uh at our parents house 
you know, it's, it's weird how the dynamic changes as we grow up, we have families of our own and, and you're not near each other. It's hard to stay close to someone when you're not physically close to someone. It's just, yeah. you know, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing and a day-to-day basis. We don't really keep up, but I think one of the cool things about YouTube is you kind of keep up with me by watching at least through one slice of the pie of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Watching my hobby over the last however many years grow. And I, I'm glad that you appreciate it. I and mean, you have some cards behind you because now, now as a an older guy, right? Now that we're 50, we're old, dude. Like... Yeah, it's weird that we're 50 years old, man. Um, anyway, you you started getting back into cards. What what kind of drove you towards that, or or what's what's your collecting life been like since we lived together uh, a long time ago? Well, my collecting life was non-existent from, you know, I, I would say that it was barely existent when you were collecting when we were kids. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed the, you know, the fun of it, of, of ripping, ripping the packs open and seeing if anything was in there or whatever. That was, that was kind of thrilling. But beyond that, it was like, eh, you know, now I've just got a big stack of cardboard. Um, it meant something more to you even back then. And I didn't even really recognize it. I recognize it now because of the way you so, um, thoughtfully articulate those those feelings and and your memories of that time Uh, it's impressive that you do remember all of that um so uh it is important that we mention that we have a sister who's 11 months younger who we all went to college together and i think it's I, i point that out because you know you mentioned being uh difficult the distance being difficult and i think in in many ways you know, mom and dad kind of encouraged us to um, branch out, or at least they didn't, they certainly didn't limit us to seeking a college experience away from home. And, and we would notice when we would come back home for, uh, you know, Christmas break or the summer, like we had different tastes. We were becoming individuals because we grew up so much with a lot of the same friends, a lot of the same life experiences, a lot of the same um, tastes in, in music and clothes and, and whatever. And we started really, as we went to college, we developed that individuality. Um, I was off, um, you know, pursuing academics at, at Vanderbilt and, and playing baseball in the SEC, which was, you know, an awesome experience to have. You were um, at the Air Force Academy and then came back to TCU and Melissa was at Auburn Um you know, Melissa and I, just by virtue of the fact that geographically we were kind of close, she was down in Alabama and I was in, in Nashville, we would get together occasionally, but you were off in Colorado and then back in Texas. Um, the only difference is I'm the one who stayed away. Melissa came back to Fort Worth. You're there. Um, I'm the one who got away. So when you ask about um, my card collecting, it was non-existent for ever i would still say right now it's barely existent you have um brought forth sort of um invigorated a sense in me to just kind of dabble just um yeah 
putting my feet in the water because it's it's exciting when I see all the things that you do. It's also incredibly daunting. So I I start thinking about okay, you know, I went to Vanderbilt. What kind of you know I've got I've got an attachment to this program that's now a big deal. We were we were nothing when I played there. We were terrible, um, but we played in the SEC and we got to play. I got to play against a lot of you know storied teams. I mean, playing against. Mississippi State and LSU back in the 90s was pretty cool. Um, playing against Tennessee, Tennessee had a baseball team because they had a guy named Todd Helton who was a big deal. Um, and you struck him out. Right? You struck and I, out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I struck him out. In fact, I have a baseball. This is kind of cool. Oh, cool. You're a, wearing pants. That's awesome. Huh? That's awesome. You're wearing pants. <laughs> Don't ask me to stand up. Nobody wants this to see is, that. So. This is a uh, a baseball that I struck out Todd Helton with in the 1994 SEC championship tournament. And 20 years later, uh, Vanderbilt won the national championship and so in 2014. And I've got all of their signatures on it, which are now names that people know Dansby Swanson, Walker Bueller, Brian, there's Dansby Swanson, Walker Bueller, and Brian Reynolds all right next to each other. Um, you know, it's kind of a neat, a neat little memento. And, and when I told the guys that story, as I was getting them to sign it, they were jazzed to sign it. They thought it was pretty cool. So, so I've, I've got that attachment to the program. So the cards that you see displayed behind me are Vanderbilt players. Cause now they're churning out these guys that go on and, uh, you know, make their way up into the, the bigs pretty quickly and have decent careers. Some of these guys have already flamed out, but a lot of them have stuck around. So that's the memorabilia. Some of it's just stuff that I've got from, you know, being a six season ticket holder and, you know, I've got my, that's, that's my last hat that I wore on the field. Um, it's totally beaten up. So, and Tyler, one of my sons, he has one of my practice hats with the, you know, the, it's not a fitted hat, the adjustable, but anyway, so question so, for you. I'm sorry. Um, let me, let me go back in time a little bit sure. and we'll get to your, what you collect now in a minute, but I'm wanting to tie a bow kind of on our childhood. Do you remember our parents being encouraging or was it more tolerating of cards or just thinking, I, I'm sure mom and dad thought, oh, Mike's going to surely grow out of this or whatever. <laughs> it's just a passing fancy right. um i man i don't have any clear recollection of that i certainly don't remember them hindering it um in any way maybe you do because you had a greater want for them but uh but i don't remember that specifically do you remember do us you? going around flea markets with dad yes right? We yeah. would be his porters, right? We were his Sherpas. We'd carry all of his stuff that he would buy, tool. My dad was always buying tool. Our dad yeah. was always buying tools 
because he has this amazing workshop. He's incredibly talented in that area and he collects tools. That's his collection. And, and he doesn't care if he has four of the same tool already and he finds a fifth one for a good deal, he's going to buy it, you know? That's how yeah, yeah and maybe is. that mentality kind of paved the way, or at least certainly wasn't gonna say, Hey, this this collecting stuff is stupid because he's he's quite the collector himself. Yeah, who is it's, he to talk, right? Who is he to criticize? Right. Um now he always prided himself on you know finding a great deal. You know, he'd find he'd rummage through somebody's junk and you know, give them a dollar for something that was probably worth 25 bucks or more. Well, let me tell you, Matt, my friends bust my chops nonstop about how cheap I am and cheap. No, I think that was deeply ingrained in yes. us <laughs> totally. by, by our father, for sure. Our dad would say, make them tell you you're crazy twice. You know, yeah. that was a lesson we were taught as kids. Yeah. And, and so, it served us well in adulthood, I would say. I've gotten a lot more cars Apart from your detractors who say you're a big cheapskate, but right. I, they, they can call that all they want. And I get the nice cards for as little money as I can. But do you also remember, uh, I think a lot of people know this, but we grew up with our dad working in sports television. Yeah. And so we spent countless evenings, weekends at sporting events, whether it was Rangers games, Cowboys, Mavericks, stars do any of those memories of of attending sporting events with with dad stand out to you oh gosh yes a lot of them and and i didn't i I, you know at the time it just i guess i thought it was kind of cool especially as we as we developed as, as as athletes um but i remember very specifically we used to when we worked the dallas mavericks games um, we'd always have odd jobs. And I remember having the job of um, having the boom mic underneath the basket. And our job was to capture the sound of the squeaks of the of the shoes. Yeah, you like and I would was, be on each end of the court. I'd be on one under one basket and you'd be under yeah. another. Um, and I don't know if, if we also kind of had to pull cable too, but cable pulling was something you would do for a handheld camera operator back when they had to carry these big cameras. You'd be cable puller behind them, you know, making sure that they weren't going to run into a cheerleader or a fan or an athlete, you know, try and trying to kind of, you know, block them. But I remember being on the floor underneath the goal at a, a Mavericks Bulls game and Michael Jordan walked out onto the floor. And it was the only time that I think I was ever completely starstruck. It did seem to kind of just because we were not like we were around the athletes all the time, but we were around the event a lot to where it was almost like we kind of inherited a little bit of dad's like we weren't really affected by the athletes. You know, dad's dad was always like, I think that's why I'm I'm good at at sports television, sports broadcasting, because I don't really have a vested interest in in the athletes or the teams or the outcome. I just want to film a film a good game and you know have it be done. Isn't and it weird? That, isn't it weird that he didn't care about sports at all? Our dad was a sports fan. Where did it come from? Because we're both very much sports fans. I, and, we are in all sports, and 
especially well, I think it was just the exposure of to his job that was a just a you know it was a career to him and and he was incredibly good at it but um but he exposed us to to sport and and I think, I think you know I, I enjoyed you know I remember there was one Christmas that dad was gonna have to work a uh, or maybe it was a Thanksgiving. It was a, you know, Cowboys always played Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was Christmas. And, I know what story you're going to tell and it was Christmas. Yeah. And, and he, you know, instead of him being away for Christmas, he got us all jobs. Like, so mom was working up in the, um, in the broadcast booth and, you know, Melissa was, our sister was on the camera. She was on the, the timer, the clock timer camera. She just had to make sure that the, the camera that the clock timer was in frame of the camera. I was pulling cable down on the sidelines. You were probably doing the same thing, but we all had jobs. Like we got to do that as a, as a family experience on a Christmas. So, See, you know, that's funny you remember that. Cause I, I mean, I'm sure it happened. I no question that it happened. I don't have a lot of vivid memories of that. You know, it's, it's yeah. funny, you know, again, both the things we remember. Exactly. They're, they're, Collectively, we could we could put together our entire childhood, but individually, we we leave a lot of blanks. Exactly, and that's kind of I think just normal. Uh, some yeah. things leave a more indelic, you know, impression on our on our minds. I think it was mom, honestly, that was the huge encourager of our fanaticism for sports. Because she was she was a Cowboys fan. I mean, but she was the kind of fan who was so fanatical. She struggled. I remember this vividly, and I think I kind of inherited a little bit of it, where she couldn't watch the game. She just High wanted, to, she just wanted to know the outcome. Give me an update here and there. But watching the game was um, almost Stressful. too much for her emotions to take. She just couldn't. So I, I do remember that. And I do feel like, you know, I mean, I got to say, when, when you start talking about your laments of, oh, the Cowboys flamed out again, or, oh, the Rangers going to make it. And, and I love that you're riding high, that they've that they've won a World Series. Um, but you know how fleeting that is and just the emotional turmoil that comes from it. The only thing that I am emotionally invested in is Vanderbilt baseball. Um, I can I can root for. You know, I, I enjoy watching college football. I, I, you know, and I certainly root for the Rangers and the Cowboys. And, you know, you start in, in this part of the country, you start to kind of pick up some affinity toward, you know, the, the Braves, just more of a regional. We don't have a, a home baseball team, although I think that's going to change soon. I think Nashville will get a baseball team here in the next few years. But what I start to find myself doing is as these, um, kids graduate from Vanderbilt who played for us and they sign with whatever team I become invested in, in that. Like I became a follower of the Braves because Dansby Swanson played for them. And now I appreciate the Cubs. So, um, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm not jumping too far ahead in terms of current collecting objectives or whatever, but no, go ahead. Asked if you want. No, go ahead. Um, but what I've started finding myself doing is um, getting players that, that that played for Vanderbilt and they went on to do something. And, you know, I mean, that, that could be like a, 
may have heard of a guy named Tony Kemp who has kind of bounced around. He played for the Astros for a little bit, played for, he's played for the Oakland A's for a long time. He, he's a free agent now. I don't know if anybody's going to pick him up, but he's always just kind of mired and statistically doesn't wow you, but he's just, he, he's, he's a, there's strength of character in, in the athletes that Vanderbilt produces. And I think they've kind of be, built a reputation for that. So people just like having a, someone like a Tony Kemp around the locker room. He's, you know, good character. He's going to be a leader in the locker room, that kind of thing. And, and I appreciate that. And so, but what I, and I told you recently that I was going to try to start kind of focusing an effort on a Dansby Swanson collection. Could he become a hall of famer? I don't know. I used to think David Price was going to be a hall of famer. That doesn't, that he, he I don't think he will. Um, and so, you know, I, I for a, a few years ago, um, I, I was trying to get my boys into collecting. And so they'd been around David Price and, and I thought, you know, we could get the boys into collecting him. Um, and he just had, he just kind of went, you know, went over to the Dodgers and then just decided to hang it up. So, so Dansby Swanson became a guy that, you know, I like him. I've been around him a lot. You know, I just like what he stands for off the field. You know, he's a great athlete. You know, Cubs seem to, I think Chicago really likes him, you know. So I'm enjoying sort of starting to build that. But then I'm like, okay, I go from talking about flash forward from, you know, back in the 80s when, you know, all you had to get was the Fleer and the Donruss and the Tops. Well, and then 89 upper deck comes along. Oh, whoa, we got, we got four now. It's kind of like the difference between, you know, broadcast television where you had four channels to choose from. And now we've got streaming service and you can watch anything in the world. Now it's, it's, it's overwhelming to take yourself out of a hobby and then reinsert yourself back in it three decades later. And to to see the evolution, and I, I would say, I mean, I'm not. It's not totally foreign to me. I saw it on the periphery. Um, I knew you collected, and I would see all the well, you know, and you could just kind of bark about, oh, there's too much, you know, there's all these variations and all these crones, and no, 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 it's just not the same as it used to be. And I'm sure that probably still holds, but you embrace it, and now it's like, but when I start to try to build a Dansby Swanson collection, and I'm looking at the catalog of all the cards to get, I'm like, oh my gosh. He's got 87 rookies or whatever. I don't know what it is, but, and what's even considered as rookie for Pete's sake, you know, and then it's just, it's just daunting from there. It's funny to think I get questions a lot from people that are either reentering the hobby, new to the hobby of the overwhelmingness of it and the so much information and where do you start and how do you do it? And you've asked me some questions you know, as you as you're doing the Stancy Swanson thing, which here's my first question about the Swanson thing: A, are you enjoying it? What's yeah. and what do you enjoy about it? Um, I, I I think it's the attachment more than anything. It's like I knew this kid when he was a freshman in college, and you know, he he told our coach. He was going to be the best shortstop ever. And he was a nobody. Like, I mean, 
he was a somebody because he was playing for Vanderbilt, but like he wasn't in the lineup. He wasn't, you know, he was three deep on the depth chart, you know, and he played second base. He got drafted, <laughs> he played second base and got drafted as a shortstop. He hadn't even played shortstop um, until his junior year. But, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's not something that, you know, do I want to spend a ton of money doing it? Not really, but it's fun. And I like looking back and having some of these guys, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys are people that, you know, your viewers don't know, but I know them and it's kind of cool to see them in a, in, you know, major league baseball uniform. Cause I, I've got that connection. So that's, what's meaningful to me. Yeah. I mean, that won't be valuable to anybody else. There's no like, you know, turnover strategy for it. Like, Oh, you know, I can buy all this cheap. And when he becomes a hall of famer, I can, you know, buy a, you know, buy the log cabin and, Gatlinburg that I want. No, I, I get it. That connection is so visceral for you. You know, you, you knew these guys. My dogs are going crazy. I'm surprised mine aren't. Bob. Daisy. Norman. Claire. Cut it out. Come here. Oh, stop it. You guys cut it out. Okay. Back to the show. Maybe. Um, you can see them. Like, yeah. You guys got to cut it out. Killing me. Killing me. Um, when you collect Swanson and you're getting his stuff and you're looking on COMC and is that where you're getting a lot of cards? Yeah. Today, stuff like that. Do you – I love that there's a, such a connection and yet you don't feel like you've got to get everything. You're going to kind of get stuff as you see it and it's a good deal and you like the look of the card or whatever. Is that – your yeah. mindset when you're yeah that's the through. mindset i think it's like okay that's you know he looks cool there you know he's his hair's looking good uh, what I, I, that's that sounds superficial but i think what i'm doing is i'm kind of like i'm i'm running a, i'm running across the, the doing a cross sample just kind of getting all right get a couple of 2015s 2017s running like every year grabbing you know 10 10 cards from each year. And, you know, I think I spent 50 bucks on right 45 cards or something, you know, his 2024 is starting to come out, you know, but I don't know enough to know like, okay, what's his, what's his card? What is the 2024 card? How many, how many am I going to need to look for? What am I going to be? When are the dates of all this stuff that's going to start to emerge? You know, when does, Allen and Ginter's, where does that stuff show up? When does it show up? You know? Yeah, it's, I, look, I love, A, that you have a connection. That That's huge to me when I watch how you collect. I love that it's on the periphery for you. Obviously, it's a little bit more in depth for me. But right. it, you could enjoy it. You probably enjoy yours as much as I enjoy mine, honestly. Um well, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm taking baby steps here. I mean, I'm, I'm so, you know, and the, the, the portion of your time and attention and, and resources that 
that go into it and the dedication that you put into it is infinitely larger than mine will ever be. Um, I'm enjoying it just passively as, you know, fun, but I have, I have, yeah, I guess more bigger, bigger priorities, you know, traveling and stuff like that. But now you can do it all, you know, well, you said you have taken baby steps and you're about to take a, a pretty giant step because you're going to the national this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> and which when you called me a few months ago and said, Hey, I'm thinking about going to the national. I went, what? And what was your, tell me or tell everybody else what your thinking was in terms of, okay, I think I want to do this. What was the motivation? What made you decide that you wanted to go? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, here's what I love. What I, what's really beautiful to see is the camaraderie that you've built. I mean, you have got friendships, um, deep friendships that are um, abiding in this shared love of something. And you all can have your nuanced differences and how you guys collect and, oh, but, but you all have an appreciation for what you go after. Hey, you know, and when you receive stuff in the mail, these gifts you receive, I mean, and they seem like to, to me as an outsider, they seem like extravagant gifts, like that are just tokens of appreciation for your contribution to the community and all that stuff. And I was just like, and I've seen all your, you know, when you do your man on the scene reports from the nationals in the past, and I'm like, I really want to just experience this. And, and, you know, frankly, you know, get to know some of these guys because there's some really cool dudes that you've connected with. I can't, I, I don't have much to offer in terms of being able to talk on par with, with them in terms of their knowledge of the hobby. And I'll probably just make myself sound stupid by even expressing, you know, much interest in it. I mean, I'm, I'm an infant playing in a, you know, and, and I'll, I'll, I will come to the table with an infant sized wallet and an infant sized, um, understanding of it. But I, there's a, yeah, there's, there's this thirst that's kind of developed to, know a little bit more about the the world that you guys love to live in. Well, if anybody makes fun of you, you let me know. I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, they're just going to be like, how do we get stuck with Mike all these years? Oh, and, you'll be like, we don't have the cool. Where, where, you been, where you been hiding this guy? <laughs> Gosh. As you guys can tell, we're always brothers and that means always ribbing each other and trying to one up each other. And that, that doesn't end with childhood or adolescence. It it goes deep into adulthood, but I'm excited that you're going honestly, because it's, it's hard to describe the experience adequately and give it its, I mean, you're only, you're going to just come for a couple days, which I think is very smart. Your first time you're going to be totally overwhelmed. But you'll, I think you'll gain a sense of, holy crap, this is a big deal, yeah. you know, and obviously, you know how important it is to me, 
but at the same time, I think you're going to soon see it in a different light. And that'll be, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to watch it through your eyes and have you. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I'm wondering, like, would you wish you were in my shoes to take yourself back to the first national, not knowing you know, you've heard all these things, but you've never set yourself stepped into that environment to just the wide eyed wonder of it all? Or do you have a greater sense of excitement because you know exactly what to expect, but it always changes and there's new treasures to be hunted? Both. Um, the answer is both. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who envies who. Because Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And you're going to have a lot. I just can't. I'm excited. I know what question. I can't wait for all the stuff you're going to ask. And, you know all the questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. And... You know, I I don't know. I've, you've probably heard me talk about this, but my first national was 1990, and I went with James Thompson and his uncle. Oh wow! And I don't think you went. No. Uh, but what 1990? How old are we? 16, 17? Where was it? 90? What? Was it in Dallas or something? Arlington. Okay. And so it was Arlington Convention Center, and I wish, honestly, I wish I could go back to that kid now. And say, hey, give them a pile of cash to go buy all these vintage <laughs> cards that were incredibly cheap at the time uh, and just pile up on everything, knowing what we know now. That's a wonderful thing as hindsight. But the if I if I told that 17 year old kid and showed him what your hobby is going to look like at 50, I would have never believed you because. Yeah. It was like, no way. I, I'll never own Mickey Mantles and all. We couldn't afford that. We came from a middle-class family that was making ends meet and working hard and all those things that we were taught as kids. And so to imagine being where I am now, impossible, unfathomable to imagine you going to your first, I mean, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am that you're going um, to introduce you to people and, you know, uh, have you meet Dr. Beckett? You were mentioning the Beckett, you know, looking through yeah. the Beckett or, you know, we, we did that as kids and these people that I know that I've made connections with friendships with, like you said, it, it'll be pretty fun. I know you're going to be there. You come in Thursday or Wednesday night. I can't remember. I think it's Thursday morning. I'd have to look. I know I'm, I think I'm there. Now your dogs are, there we yeah. go. Now it's good. All right. It's even. Um, I know I'm there for two days, which might mean I'm coming in the night before. Um, I guess I, well, I know you'll be there Thursday for the 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 get together, the content creator slash watcher get together that we're doing on yeah. Thursday. More to come on that, guys, as we get closer. But that'll be a fun event for you to come and just see just the community, right? Just and only the community that can make it to the national, which is a fraction of the you know, um, it's. It's going to be fun. I come in Thursday, or I'm sorry, I check in Thursday. Gotcha. And I check out Saturday. Okay. So I know that. So I guess my flight is coming in Thursday. Well, you'll be there for all the fun days. I'm leaving Saturday from the National as well. Uh, okay. So it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm excited. It's, you probably won't find a ton of Dansby Swanson cards, I'm guessing. Unless there's dealers watching this that can afford some Dansby Swanson and when they see a really tall, ugly dude 
walking around, which is, I guess that's really the whole national. Well, maybe, you know, maybe I'm making hay in the fact that, you know, Dansby Swanson's not some, you know, he's not a Otani or Mike Trout who's, you know, commanding all kinds of crazy prices. You know, I can just start, you know, I mean, heck, I was grabbing cards for, you know, 48 cents on ComC. But, you know, the, then the the complexity of, you know, starting to get them graded and all that kind of stuff, like, what's, I don't what's the point i i don't know i mean i agree i i think I mean, you're for, for me i mean right you know, I'm, I'm gonna be a a novice you know I'd, I'd be a joke to every one of your friends but um in terms of my level of the desire to collect um the I, desire I have to, I've, I've enjoyed the this awakening that i'm i'm having and I, i'm you know when you talk about being excited about I'm in, you know, I love spending time with you and getting to, you know, the, the, the level of respect that I've gained for you over the years, just watching your channels and the content you put out is, you know, it's, it's really cool to, to, you know, be able to actually have an appreciation for what you have grown uh, in terms of your collection and the, and the knowledge and people seeking you out like you know like my brother the he's the dumb one like and y'all are asking him for advice like it's it's uh, it's on in one sense kind of weird but also like you know that's that's pretty cool that's my bro you know well i have i just had an epiphany as we close this out i want to throw out a challenge to anybody if you have dansby swanson cards lying around that isn't doing anything for you <laughs> for your collection hit me up on instagram or if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment and uh, but hit me up. Hit me yeah. up on Instagram at Baseball Collector Mike. If you want to give some cards to my brother's burgeoning Gamesby Swanson Super Collection, let me know. We'll we'll figure out a way to get them to him. You're gonna get the national. I have some more. Oh, be quiet. Um, you'll be surprised. I mean, people love to do that for other people. Genuinely, truly, That's cool. It's one of the things that makes this community so great is because they're going to be like, they'll dig through their boxes and be like, yeah, I got some Dancy Swanson lying around here, you know, comments and stuff, but you'll love it. Right. <laughs> and so the point is, it's not common to me. That's right. It, we all do it differently and things are important to different people. It's funny. A guy making $27 million a year is considered a common, just collecting dust in somebody's box. He's laughing all the way to the bank. He doesn't care. Yeah, what his car's Yeah. He could care less, but man, bro, it was so much fun having you. And Thanks for having me on, man. I love it. I, when I you first approached me, I'm like, what do I have to offer to talk about baseball cards? But well, I mean, we it, spent 46 minutes doing it. So it's, it's more different. me just getting to hang out with you for a little yeah. bit and uh, just spending Thanks some time recollecting, you know, memories from when we were kids and we had a, we had a really good childhood, honestly. And yeah. You know, we have great parents and and they did a lot for us. And here we both are living our living our best lives. So I appreciate you. I love you. And love you, too, bro. you want to All sign right. us out here? Keep collecting. There you, see, he knows. He knows. All right, guys. Y'all take care. We'll see you next week for another hey episode. Take care.